Welcome to Mystical Dispute, the limited Magic the Gathering debate podcast. I'm Garrett Gardner, aka G-Guards. And I'm Carl Chase, aka Two Duck Cubed. Huge thanks to our patrons. If you'd like to support the show and listen to the monthly bonus mini-episodes, check out patreon.com slash mystical dispute. And today, Carl and I are going to do a preview prediction battle for Dominaria United. Garrett, more importantly than whatever the heck it is we're talking about today, I'm just glad to be back. Me too! That was a long break, although I had a very nice vacation and a nice time away from Magic. Sometimes I think it's good to step away from this game for a couple weeks and, I don't know, reset yourself. I agree. As you can see from uh, the excruciating detail in 17 Lands that I play more limited than most human beings, but I took the entire month of August off for the most part, and I think that was just the right time before Dominaria starts it here, and I'm sure I will dive headfirst back in with the new set coming out. And like with every set, we're going to battle to the death. We picked five commons, and we're going to try to predict where in the 17 lands game in hand win rate percentage these cards are going to land. Garrett and I had a really stupid discussion about how to best articulate our positions on these cards. In the past, we have said over or under. It was confusing because, okay, if you're first, it's actually a lower number. But if you say (laughs) over, over tends to mean like better performance. So we are scrapping that and we are just going to say better than or worse than. And yes, we lose a little bit of the mystique of like over under, which is a more commonly known term, but it's just not worth the confusion. And a quick refresher on the way the game works. We pick five common cards from Dominar United to battle over, one for each color. We're going to alternate and predict where each of these cards will rank on 17 lands among commons of the same color when ordered by game in hand win rate. To play the game for each card one of us is going to set a line and choose a breaking point in the overall ranking then the other will simply choose if they think that card will be better or worse than that line. Garrett clocked in with his first win the last time we did this, which was Streets of New Capenna, and I will not be letting that happen again, so (laughs) bring it on. Well, let's just roll right into it. How about that? Card one. The first card that we are going to debate is Charismatic Vanguard. Two and a white for a 3-2 Dwarf Soldier. And it has the ability, four and a white creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So it's Steadfast Unicorn, right? (laughs) It's a little closer to a Steadfast Unicorn than it is to Steadfast Unicorn. And by a, you mean alchemy, right? The alchemy rebalance. But actually, Garrett, that is something that's worthwhile talking about in relation to this card. Definitely. Certainly uh, three mana, three, two versus a one mana, one, two is a a big part of, of what's going on. And context in the set is dependent. But we learned a lot from the rebalancing that went in Baldur's Gate. In particular, Steadfast Unicorn, which is, again, used to be four mana to give your whole team plus one, plus one in Vigilance. And then it turned to five mana to give your whole team plus one, plus one in Vigilance. And of course, there's a whole other mountain of changes, but that change did drop its win rate by three points, which is a sizable number. It went from probably the best white common to good, but more middle of the pack. 
for just one mana on an ability that already costs four, making it five. So that's a very relevant consideration here. But two things that this card has for it is I think a three mana three two is probably better than a one mana one two. And you can activate it defensively if you need to. That is true, because Steadfast Unicorn, you could only activate during your turn. You could do it at instant speed, but only during your turn. Um, I will potentially debate you, though, on the body. Yeah. And that three mana three two is better than a one mana one two i think specifically in the go wide type of decks that this ability wants to be in a one mana one two could possibly be better in those type of decks because it fills a it I mean it obviously it fills a slot in the curve it allows you to get more creatures in the battlefield faster so that your pump effects can then take effect yeah i guess that's a fair point i mean three mana three twos i'm not trying to say those are good usually those are pretty bad but the biggest downside i think for three mana three twos is that they usually trade for two drops and in this case if you can use the threat of activation for the ability that risk is a little bit lower because they can't just throw a two mana two two or two mana two one in front of this guy because you're you'll be able to pump and essentially get a free card off of them so i don't know this card seems like it could be pretty bad i mean three mana three twos tend to be pretty bad but at the same time i have underrated that ability before the other card that comes to mind is seagate banneret from zendikar That card was maybe closer to this than Unicorn. You know, that card was definitely a thing. It wasn't great, but it was somewhat serviceable, but it did have the advantage of a relevant creature type. It was a warrior, which helped with party. Either way, Carl, where are you going to place this in the line when ordered by Game & Hand win rate for white commons? So it's tough. You know, looking at the the white commons, there seems to be a pretty clear go wide theme. That's what white wants to do. Yeah. A lot of the commons at surface level feel a little mopey in white. So I'm not super high on any white cards individually. I feel like it's going to have to be a work together, more of a deck than, than individual cards. There's just nothing that's super exciting to me as I as I look through these. You know, if white, it does end up being a work together, go wide type of thing, this card could end up being better than it looks on the surface. So I'm going to set this line at five and a half. All right. Seems fair. That's about exactly where I'd put it when I, I'm looking at these white commons. Honestly, these white commons are so underwhelming to me, and this seems like it's going to work better with a lot of them. So I'm going to say that this card is going to be better than 5.5. Depending on who's right, we'll say a lot about the color in the set. Let's go on to the next color. Card two. This next card's a bit weird. Timely Interference. A blue for an instant. It says target creature gets minus one, minus O until end of turn. And draw a card. It has kicker for one and a red. If it was kicked, that creature blocks this turn if able. Carl, I have this card pretty low. It looks fairly unimpactful to me. So what are you thinking with this card? So this is another one of those cards that are challenging to evaluate during the preview season, of course, because if it is good, then so is the Spells Matter deck. And we have some clues that Spells Matter deck might be a thing in red blue, right? There's the Gitu Amplifier, which is this like pseudo Kiln Fiend, pseudo Mana War card that gets bigger power, for instance, in sorceries and can also bounce a creature with Kicker. You've got Talarian Terror, which is a seven mana 5-5 five five with Ward 2 that costs one less for each instant and sorcery in your graveyard. You play that for two or three mana. That's a big deal. I mean, 5-5 five five Ward 2 is a problem to deal with. But on the surface, 
it doesn't do much, right? It's a minus one, minus zero. <laughs> a little bit of precedent with like Startle and Shock and Grasp, which yep. have some similarities, but are two mana. And that's, of course, a big difference, especially when you've got a cantrip. And I think just in general, the floor of a one mana cantrip with upside is just going to be super high. Yep. It's always at least going to cycle and put something into the graveyard at the very minimum. So I think this could be anywhere from like a whatever card to maybe one of the more important pieces of a spells matter type of a deck and that kicker ability does matter i mean first you're reducing its power so you might be able to just eat a creature for free that way and also there have been cards like academic dispute in the past where that's actually kind of a relevant piece of text for getting rid of problem creatures and just getting ahead on the board. It's a really interesting kicker too because it essentially makes it a sorcery speed card if you want to use the blocks this turn of able piece of it. You no longer have the like crappy combat trick mode if you're going to play it with kicker. There's so many modes in this card, right? There's cycle it early to just like draw a card, keep going, and put instance of sorceries in your graveyard maybe. There's the use it to bump your kiln fiend type card there's the use it at sorcery speeds make your opponent's creature have to block and then there's always just use it in combat to give something minus one minus oh and maybe trade up it's a very versatile card even though it doesn't do a ton (laughs) (laughs) clearly you are much more enamored by this card than me this is the sort of card that i would have read and been like okay moving on with my life and passing it for some actual card. You know, a lot of the time I just, those one mana cantrips just don't make my deck. I mean, it's, I think it has to be in the Spells Matter deck for me to ever really consider this card. But, you know, the creatures are small. Maybe the minus one, minus oh will matter. So I'm curious to see where it's going to land, but I'm going to put it pretty low. I'm going to set the line at 7.5. Better than. All right. I was ready. (laughs) Got that out quick. I mean, I'm looking at these blue cards and I'm not really enamored by any of them, but (laughs) we'll see where this lands. So I say that, I I mean, I I responded super quickly for the joke aspect of it, but like it is one of those cards that like almost can't have a game in hand win rate that's super high and how good the red blue deck is, is going to be extremely relevant in this card's rating. So I I was going to say better than like, unless you put it higher than I knew you were comfortable with, (laughs) but it certainly is one that can miss. Like, if the red blue deck is bad, this card will be worse than seven and a half for sure. If, I mean, if it ends up being a really good deck, this will be, I think, quite a bit higher than seven and a half. Guess we'll see. In the meantime, I'll be taking the flying organ hoarder with Tala's lookout. So <laughs> that's an interesting card for sure. All right, let's move on to the card three. This one is an oldie, but a goodie for and <laughs> Rager. Two and a black. For a 2-2, and when it comes to the play, draw a card and lose a life. You know my affinity for bodies that draw you a card, Garrett. Yep. So right off the bat, I'm excited to have this card that's been around forever and played in the pauper format and a limited staple in many sets. I believe it's been reprinted a few times. Exciting to have this card in the set. I'm curious how this is going to play out. I haven't actually played a limited format with a Phyrexian Rager in it before, and I I can recognize that it's certainly going to be powerful, but at the same time, three mana for a 2-2 is really not that interesting, and that one life has me a little concerned. I mean, it looks like you're probably going to want to put this, what, in a more aggressive deck? I suppose one life is just one life, but it's just such a unimpactful body by modern limited standards. We've had cards like, is it Lanawar Visionary that is two and a green for a 2-2 that also Mm -hmm. draws a card and makes a mana? And that was in a core set. It was one of the better commons in the set, but like that card does so much more 
more than this card does. Yep. You know, we've had all sorts of different versions of cantripping bodies. This one is not as powerful as some of the other ones that we've seen, but I still think that a body that replaces itself is just going to have its spot in limited. It's a card that I'm, at least at the outset, I'm going to be taking and I'm going to be taking reasonably highly. Yeah, like I look at a card like Splatter Goblin, one in a black for a two win. When it dies, it gives a creature minus one, minus one. And that card looks a little bit better to me because it's like a two for one built in almost. Like you can probably pick off another creature or it just trades up in value. So um, that's where we we landed when we were discussing this card. Like, I think I have Splatter Goblin above Phyrexian Rager, whereas you have them flipped, right, Carl? You think Rager is going to be better. Correct. But I don't know. I mean, again, maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on that one life, but the card advantage mixed with losing life always makes me uncomfortable. I think I'm less worried about that. You know, we've had cards like Sign and Blood, and there's a whole bunch of three mana versions of Sign and Blood effect as well, where you draw two cards and lose two life. And those have always been challenging, right? Yeah. Not great, usually. You're using a whole turn, you're losing two life, and importantly, you don't affect the board. I do think that you compare the three mana draw to lose two life to this card, you're essentially getting a zero mana 2-2 off of the cards that you draw in that, which I think makes it considerably better than one of those cards. So the floor has got to be above <laughs> divination that loses you two life. Certainly, it's not going to be as good as like a like an organ hoarder or a land or a visionary, <laughs> of course. which were some of the better cards in, in their respective sets. So, you know, I, I've just set a floor and a ceiling from really, really good to really, really bad. So I, I've really narrowed it in for the viewers there. <laughs> well, now you've got to set the actual line. So where is it at, Carl? AKA put your money where your mouth is. Okay, <laughs> I am going to set this line at four and a half. Yeah, that's close for me, but I still am going to say worse than four and a half. I get concerned about it being too small, too late, and that one damage or that one life you lose being too relevant. That's fair. It'll be a really good test to see how a classic card stands the test of time in the current limited format. Let's move on to red. Card four. The next card is Maria, Mariah, Maria, someone's Outrider. <laughs> four in a red for a 4-4 four, four elf archer. It has reach and domain. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of basic land types among lands you control. This is a cool card. Carl was all over this card pre-recording. He was just, he was like gushing over it. Okay, it's a five mana 4-4. Four, four. Um, so <laughs> listen, I get, I get that five mana 4-4 four, four is a five mana 4-4, four, four, but it's such an interesting case study to me and how good this card is going to be you've got a the domain keyword on a 4-4 reach body so anything that has reach reach is literally only effective on the blocking side of things you've got that element to consider but it's dealing direct damage on an overcosted body and the domain keyword means that you could have it in like some five color deck and just like try to like ping your opponent for five or it's just a deal two damage and put a creature onto the battlefield in a two color deck or maybe you're playing a two-color deck and you throw in a random off-color duel. Like, maybe you're playing red-white and you just throw in a blue-black dual land so that this thing can deal four <laughs> damage. That is some mad science right there. I don't know. That one might be the dumbest thing that I've said the entirety of all the podcasts, or it's the smartest thing that I've ever sent and it's, it's going to break an archetype. 
I don't know. I really, I really don't know. It's a fascinating card to me, though, Garrett. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at this five mana four four, and I'm like, oh, you know, cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna take a pass and look. Looking at the rest of the red commons, it looks like red is hyper aggressive, very, very, very beat down oriented, and so like. A curve topper at five mana that's just a four four just doesn't seem very interesting to me. I think that red is going to be a very aggressive color backed up by some direct damage possibilities, right? Lightning Strike, of course, is a card that most of the time in limited, you're going to want to target creatures, but the ability to randomly shoot three to somebody's face means that you can do an alpha attack, your opponent's got great blocks, but you just need to get enough damage in that boom, they're dead in the next turn. The presence of Lightning Strike, plus, I mean, a few of these other aggressive cards and a card like Maria's Outrider means that you can just do stuff that doesn't match your limited faculties, right? Most of the time you're thinking about card advantage, you're thinking about how do I get the most out of these cards, but whatever, you can throw extra damage in there. It gives red a ton of reach. And then you got Maria's Outrider, which also gives red reach and has reach itself. So the term <laughs> reach is means totally different things in magic, but the card with reach is going to give red reach. So I'm really excited to see how it plays out or it's a five mana four, four, and it's going to suck. I don't know, Garrett. I really don't know. Listen, all I want to do is watch you put an off color dual land in your aggressive red deck. Now that's, that's, I just, I cannot wait for that screenshot with a little trophy next to it. And I'm just scratching my head saying, why, how does this ha I don't understand. There's no justice in the world, etc. The troll value for Garrett specifically, because I know that just offends every single one of his limited sensibilities. Completely. is so It's so wonderful. All right, Garrett, I have just espoused my potential love for this card <laughs> while you don't really like it. So that puts your line setting skills to the test of finding the exact uncomfortability point for me as you, you make a line for this card. Yeah, I mean, I just don't love five mana four four with reach that also gives you damage reach just doesn't seem like a card with an identity so i'm gonna set the line at 9.5 i mean i'm better then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you probably could have gone even to like 8.5 and uh <laughs> may maybe even 7.5 but you know what I, sh I should have measured how much you love this thing <laughs> you made a mistake and i will take advantage of that by saying better then also garrett what's your life total you're dead <laughs> All right, time to go to the last one. Card five. Next card. Vine wall. <laughs> Floriferous. Floriferous vine wall. Floriferous. This card is one to green for a mighty zero two defender. Ooh. When Floriferous. <laughs> when Florif. Florif. Floriferous vine wall enters the battlefield. It's really not that hard of a word. I don't know why I struggle with that mightily. I right don't know. There. It's it's a good tongue twister. When floriferous vine wall enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards for your library. You may reveal land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This card is probably the most situational card I've ever seen in one of these prediction battles. It depends on so much. Namely, is that defender wall thing going to actually be a thing? <laughs> or is domain a thing? And, and really is like five color domain, especially, or, or, you know, close to five color domain. Is that a deck? I mean, at its face, it's pretty hard to whiff with this card, right? Six cards, you're probably in the 90 percentile to get a land off the top of your deck. So worst case, it's kind of like 
get a land and gain some amount of life when you eventually chump block with this thing? Well, actually, Garrett, it's like a uh-huh. 97.5% chance that you get a land, assuming all else equal in your deck. Well, actually. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. I, sorry, I forgot we got Math Guy as a co-host. Bringing <laughs> out his hypogeometric calculators. Ooh, me, 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 me. So impressive, Carl. That said, clearly, the hypergeometric calculator is not a shuffler truther because <laughs> I have drawn plenty of zero land hands. It's clearly higher than that. But anyway, either way, you're, you're probably going to get a land. So honestly, the worst case for this card is still pretty good. So when I first saw it, I thought, you know, two mana O2 defender. But I don't know, this probably is a better effect than it might seem, even if the defender doesn't come into play. And certainly it will help you fix too, like digging six for your splash color or your duel. That is going to be real. It's really hard to evaluate these cards where you look at the top X cards of your library because I think your brain wants to put them all in the same spot. Like if it says four or five or six or or even like two, like your brain just goes to right the same spot. Like I'm looking at some number of cards off my top of my deck and I'm looking for something. But the number of cards you look at matters a ton. And six is a lot of cards. So (laughs) it's not looking at your whole deck, but like let's say you're looking for your second color. Even if you don't find that color, you're at a minimum six cards closer to finding it than you otherwise would have been. So it goes a very long way towards helping you splash in your deck. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking just that because I played a lot of warm welcomes at the beginning of Streets of New Capenna and I whiffed on that card all the time, but that was both looking for creatures and only five. So I guess it was probably a lot lower of a chance of success. So in this case, you should read it as you're almost certainly going to draw a land. You compare this card to something like Civic Wayfinder. That's a three mana two two and you could pick any basic land from your deck. That's a relevant body. This is not. You're one mana different. So like on the surface, again, like you said, Garrett, two mana for an O2. That's defenders. It's a body, but it's about as cruddy of a body as you can get. Yep. And O2 is a huge difference between O3 because at least an O3 mm-hmm. can block the two mana two twos, which is especially a big deal when you're playing against Garrett because you know there's going to be two mana two twos. <laughs> So guilty. It's another one of those cards that, like we say over and over again, is going to be so situationally dependent on how good the domain and the defender's themes are. Or just even how good like a multicolor splash all the good removal deck is, for example. If that deck exists, this will be a very important cog in that deck. And if it doesn't, it's a two mana zero two. (laughs) But if it does exist... I'm going to be pretty excited because that seems like a fun limited format where when something like this is supported, I think it just opens up the possibilities for a draft and it could mean a very fun and splashy and silly draft format, which is right up my alley. Totally agree. I mean, just the presence of domain tells you that more than two color strategies, maybe you can splash for a kicker where you don't need to have it to play the card, but like it helps to make it better. It feels like there could be a lot of depth and possibility of what's viable in Dominaria, and I can't wait to see what that looks like. But before we get there, I need to set a line for the 0-2. Where's it at? So being a situational card, I don't think I want to put it all the way near the top, because green does have some cards that are pretty solid and, you know, no-brainers, like Fine Shaper, Prodigy, and just even the Bog Badger at a 3-mana 3-3 with upside. Both have some interesting things going on. There's a 
four mana, four, four reach. Uh, and then there's Bite Down, which is just a solid removal spell. I like all those cards, you know, pretty clearly better than the two mana zero two. Like where it sits among the rest of the cards, is, it's <laughs> such a crapshoot. I am going to be, again, slightly pro this card and assuming it's a part of potentially a very interesting deck. My instinct was to go to six and a half. I'm actually going to end up going with seven and a half because I think that it will get played inappropriately too often that it's going to drop it just enough where it's just super bad in like a regular two color deck. But I'm going to say because of that, instead of six and a half, I'm going to say seven and a half. This is killing me because that is like right on the line as to where I would put this card. (laughs) But I guess because I just love all these big bodies floating around in the common slot of green, I am going to say worse. Just because I think I'm going to end up winning a lot of games playing vanilla green dumb guys and turning them sideways. And this card is uh, maybe going to be a little bit of a speed bump while I beat you. Well, when (laughs) I get that blue black card for my red green deck and deal you five damage with my five mana four four <laughs> i will only lose that game uh well if you had 15 life instead of 20 life so it's gonna take some time to figure out some of these decks is what i'm what i'm trying yeah, to say yeah, with that yeah, last yeah. comment but that's good that's a good thing that's what makes limited fun and that's why you're playing your three mana three threes <laughs> anyway garrett i'm excited to be back it was the right time for a break but it was too long I'm ready to play some Magic. I'm ready for a new limited set. I'm ready to explore again. Let's go. Yeah, it was nice to take the summer off, but Dominaria looks like it will be a lot of fun. And I think that about wraps it up. So thanks for listening to Mystical Dispute. You can support the show on Patreon. I'm Garrett Gardner. You can find me at twitch.tv slash gguards. And I'm Carl Chase. You can find me at Twitter at 2DuckCubed. Shout out to 17 Lands for the data. You can support them on Patreon as well. Until next time, stay chill. Adios. Welcome to Mystical Dispute, the limited magic... <laughs> I'm out of practice here, buddy. Good start. Welcome... <laughs> Good start. Good start. Strong start.